0: Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and investment wisdom collide. Featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen.
1: Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio today with the new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today today i'm so pleased to have mark taylor and diller mason of mason taylor associates from compass real estate gentlemen welcome to the show thanks bart good seeing you again yeah likewise um second time's a charm paul we made it happen
2: (laughs) second time's the charm there well you got two guests so we had two intros here
1: yeah there we go so um how's everybody doing today Doing well, just trying to stay
3: cool. Turn the AC yeah. on for the first time this year.
1: Okay, yeah, I see a little I see a little sweat going on over there, Mark.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, kind of scrambling with the two kids at home. They closed down our office uh, for the COVID. Um, so yeah. just trying to figure out where it is quiet
2: with enough light in our house.
1: Awesome. All right, and Dylan, nice to see
2: you. Nice to see you, thanks for having us, Bart. Sure, of course.
0: And I'm going to get Bart to put his camera down a little bit so he doesn't hide behind it there. There we go. See if we can get him on there the camera go. there, too.
1: Everybody's there. You're all looking sharp and ready to roll here. All right. Let's do this. So, um, Mark Dillon, um, again, thanks for being on the show. We are, as we known and said for weeks now, we're in unprecedented times. And you guys you know, handling the areas of real estate. Um, first tell us a little bit about your business and what you do and how you go about it, and then let's just kind of evolve into, you know, what's changed and what you see happening and so forth. So let's start with, with what your, what your practice is all about.
3: Yeah, no, thanks for having us. So we, Dylan and I are business partners. Uh, we have been working together almost nine years, uh, started our business partnership at home Sotheby's, which is now Pacific Sotheby's and, uh, a few years ago, we were part of the 24 that took the leap of faith and jumped over and opened the Newport office uh, for Compass. Uh, so we just celebrated just our third year. Uh, so we're now just over three years. Uh, our team has grown to, we are now at seven people. We have five licensed agents. Uh, we have a new gal uh, who is in the process of getting her license and then we have a full-time
1: uh kind of a marketing manager okay now how did you guys actually get into the business you're both young gentlemen
2: Uh, i got into the business part my mother uh sold and still uh has her real estate license in northern california in the napa valley so Mm -hmm. i grew up uh in and around real estate offices and uh, um it was either that or the wine industry. And, uh, I wanted to get out of Napa and, uh, found, uh, Newport beach, Corona del Mar area and set up shop right after college in 2005.
1: Okay. Great. How about you, Mark?
3: Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I, I took a different path, uh, after high school, I moved to Mammoth for a few years, came down here, uh, attempted to go to school, didn't quite pan out for me. I was bartending on the peninsula and, uh, had a regular, you know, he and I got to know each other over the time. He introduced me to his real estate agent. Uh, at the time my regular was a developer and had done several, uh, big developments each year, uh, introduced me to his realtor who became my mentor. And, uh, he also mentored Dylan a few years before myself. So, um, you know, coming in that way, Dylan and I were introduced by, uh, his name was Greg Lombardi and, uh, yeah, naturally, he and I, Dylan and I both kind of, we had this motivation. We're the only guys in our office that were in our 20s. At the time, I believe I was 26. We We're both 26 years old. And uh, we, we just wanted to, just like everyone who gets into real estate, we wanted to go after it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. So speaking of going after it, um, tell us how the last three months have been for you. Uh, how did it, start with the whole um quarantine and how you've conducted business and what what has been happening over the last few weeks
2: that's interesting bart the what happened initially when when COVID presented itself you know there was a a, i think what everyone was experiencing across all markets and and throughout the world was you know felt like the sky was falling there was a lot of uncertainty unprecedented times um And what we experienced in the real estate market was prior to COVID coming to the scene was we were cranking on all cylinders. The real estate market was humming along. It was a seller's market. Uh, It was busy. We were just getting ready to head into our busiest quarter of the year. Um, And what ended up happening is when COVID hit, we were thrown into essentially a stalled out engine, you know, a neutral market. Buyer demand dropped by over 50%. Uh, The supply of homes dropped over 50%. We still had a couple properties that traded during the early stages of COVID. And other than that, we were essentially circling the wagons. Everybody was pivoting first off to, to see what type of business we'd still be able to conduct. And really that first 30 days was trying to just understand and figure out you know, the extent of of safety first, and then how business was gonna fit into that framework.
1: So we all know economics is supply and demand. Did the supply drop to a level where the dem- it met demand or was there um, an uneven dropping?
2: It, it was uneven. So there was still more demand than supply. And, you know, speaking with a broad stroke for all of Orange County, you know, that's gonna take into account a significant amount of properties you know under one million and under 750 which is crazy to say that that's the you know lower end price points for orange county um but across the board you know as, as you start getting up into the million plus two million and then four million you know that demand is um was lower than the supply and we're starting mm-hmm. to see that thaw out um over the last four to five weeks
1: okay So you got through the first 30 days and uh, then what happened? You um, I'm obviously I'm sure there was adjustments as to how you could even show a house, right?
2: Correct. So there's um, a COVID-19 disclosure now that's required uh, to be signed by the seller, the buyer before any and every showing. So that's additional paperwork that's being covered. Uh, There's guidelines for entry into a property, you know, uh, wearing a mask. You know, not, not touching anything um, and then the way we're exposing our listings now uh, like many agents are doing you know we're filming virtual tours of the property um, we're having a 3d mapping for virtual tours online by uh, potential buyers and we're really requiring everyone to review the information get comfortable with the f- floor plan virtually so that when they're coming for a showing you know they've checked the boxes and they're not going to walk into one room and walk out because they don't like the setup of a specific house
1: okay so you've kind of streamlined uh the process at least the 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 physical process yeah absolutely
3: we've definitely uh you know we we've broken a few few rules here and there a few boundaries we're doing it very responsibly i'd like to say uh they shut open houses completely down uh, we've still maintained a few open houses during this and uh, we're just operating them in a completely different manner. Uh, we're greeting everyone out front when we're letting one party in at a time. Uh, we're only allowed lot four people at a time in a home. But when we greet them, we greet them with the forms that they need to sign, uh, provide them with masks, booties, pens, everything that they get to keep so no one's reusing anything. Uh, and also, you know, we've really focused a lot on social media. And like what Dylan said, we're getting videos shot, not just Matterport 3D. We're actually getting videos shot. We're focusing a lot on digital advertising. Uh, and it is hitting all the publications, papers, social sites. And we're announcing open houses by virtual Zoom or in-person for private showings. Uh, and really just doing whatever we can to bring in. Uh, as many people as possible
1: So, so we're now 90 days into this more or less um the volume of your sales i guess this period compared to a year ago is it is it less or same so
2: we've had this conversation several times over the last couple months part is our individual production for our team by our estimation we're we're tracking pretty similar to last year Maybe we'd have one or two other homes in escrow or listed. Uh, but those clients are simply waiting for some additional time to pass, and they're still going to be sellers and buyers. They're just pressing pause, which I think there's still a, a good chunk of the uh, community out there that's just waiting a little bit to see how everything shakes out in the overall economy. Um, but about five weeks ago, we definitely bottomed out as far as the decrease in demand and supply. And since then, really last four plus weeks, demand across Orange County has gone up 72%. And that's trailing supply. Supply has only gone up 16%. So what we're still experiencing right now is a huge appetite for additional listings that we would have seen come to market April, May, June, be in escrow before July 4th when we slow down a bit for the summer months. We're anticipating now that busy selling season simply being delayed into June, July, August, in a real busy third and fourth quarter.
1: So with that ratio of supply and demand, um, how, how how has pricing um, held up?
2: So pricing, it's still relying on, on fair market value. We're not seeing pricing uh, shoot up in particular. Uh, pricing across the board did not take a hit um as a result of of covid um so you still have to price your property appropriately um, but again it's going to be s- specific to the price point where you're at um, what you can expect uh, in terms of multiple offers or going over asking so it's very mm-hmm. price point specific and neighborhood specific
1: i would think that the lower interest rates um potentially potentially getting lower uh, i know that sounds odd but that's gotta be helping um, pricing and um, activity a little bit, right? It it absolutely
2: is playing a huge factor um, with rates close to to 3%. And I think the other thing is the the lack of inventory is is, um, pushing buyers to secure properties and lock in a payment as opposed to, you know, gauging or trying to time the market perfectly of where we are in the, you know, the market cycle.
1: It's a real thin fence to walk, I think, because there's the one side, okay, what what if, you know, and and, and I know that's another conversation about the economy, especially even based on this last week, but what if the economy gets worse and the, and the pricing you know, of real estate goes down, you know, considerably versus do we lock in, to your point, a great interest rate with a great 30-year payment, whatever that, that term is, knowing what it's going to be, Um, and still getting a a good value on the house. So that's a, that's a thin, that's a thin line to walk.
2: Absolutely. And, and when we work with our clients part, we always like to provide information and, and the two options and not steer. They've got to make that decision based on their comfort level. And, you know, even Mark and I have a nice dichotomy. I'm, I'm a little more conservative in my views and I like 30 year fixed loans and forget about it. I'm, I, Plan on owning a property forever. Mark likes, you know, to be a little more aggressive with the arms and, you know, go that way. So I, I think it really boils down to what somebody's looking at and and their specific goals.
1: We all know Mark's a crazy kid, so. that's
2: <laughs> <laughs> But you know, you know, Barts answer the
3: question a little bit polar, like <laughs> it, it is kind of polarizing. In a sense that so a lot of the market that Dylan and I work are, you know. Four million and under, uh, probably actually realistically, let's just say three million and under. That is ninety plus percent of our business, and that under four million is primarily loan, focused on taking loans. Uh, so I'd say the buyer pool of that is very, you know, they're taking the approach of that monthly payment. Anything four million and up is mostly, even five million and up, is going to be a cash buyer. So I think that market, I don't know what is in the future for them. Um, I had lunch with a, one of the bigger agents who works mainly higher price point on Friday, and they, they have no clue what's going to happen. And, you know, right now, why would anyone wealthy with this amount of uncertainty pull their cash out? Why, why would you take out $5 million, $10 million and put it in a piece of primary residency? It, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, So it is going to be very interesting to see that divide and kind of how our market uh, reacts once a lot of those expensive homes have been sitting for a while.
1: Like many businesses in this current economy and current time, it is almost a day by day because there's new news every day and new uncertainty and new scenarios like we had this last weekend. So um, I understand that. But given that, what do you see now? Let's talk about going forward. Um, I imagine you're keeping the same protocol that you've just described with the following the guidelines. And I, I mean, I don't see any end in sight on that, at least not in the near future. Is that is that what you're seeing, or, or are you seeing more more or any open houses like legitimate open houses? Is uh, that not allowed yet?
3: We are we are still doing them. Uh, we're we're doing them in preparation to apologize if confronted, but we are actively doing them and are, again, we're doing it very responsibly. We have sellers who want to sell and we have sellers who aren't afraid of doing an open house. Uh, and I feel again, very responsibly. I don't want to get in the way of their goals. Uh, and if Dylan or myself or anyone on our team is willing to hold that open house and, maintain responsibility and, you know, the protocols that the government has implemented, I, I think it should be okay. We're allowed to do private showings. So with the 24-hour window of time, why can't we show off an open house with a 20-minute heads up?
1: So this is going to be kind of a probably a difficult question for you, but um, it, it sounds like you guys are very consultative with your, with your clients. So if someone comes you, to you today and said, hey, I'm thinking about selling my house, what do you tell them?
3: It's a good time. Depends on their goal, actually, Bart. Let me, let me rephrase that. I, I think it is very goal specific. Uh, if someone is looking to get out, uh, you know, they know what their next move is. Uh, they understand their steps. They don't need to wait to find it. Uh, with this little bit of inventory, I. I don't think it's a bad time to put a home on the market. Uh, I I think it's very you got to like to Dylan's point you got to be very price sensitive. I think pricing is uh, the strategy we should really focus on and implement uh, rolling out a new listing. But to answer your question, Dylan and I have a few new listings we're rolling out. We have one coming this week, and we've got a couple rolling out in the next few weeks. Anything to that, Dylan?
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting, Bart. We don't get really asked that as often as you would think. You know, most of the time, our clients are familiar with the process. They have a goal in mind, and they may ask us, you know, do you see any benefits listing now, or waiting for the smoke to clear, or waiting until later in the year? And um, in our communication consistently is, hey, the only thing we can provide information about is what's happening today, and we can provide that with. Pretty, pretty strong certainty, you know, projecting out three months or six months, we would simply review the pros and cons because, you know, you can wait to sell your house and look like a genius, you could wait to sell it and, and be kicking yourself. So we want to make sure we, we provide, and I think based on the trajectory of what the market's doing now, we can reasonably assume strength for some period of time, but to your point, and in the state of, you know, our, our world stage now, you know that can that can change and make us all look silly at a moment's notice.
1: Yeah. Just going to check if you have a similar thought. So, from a financial planning or holistic planning standpoint, if a client asks me, um, you know, whether they should buy a house, you know, sometimes we're thinking about flipping. My general response is, if it's a if it's a home that they're going to live in, is it if they're going to live in it for at least five years. Um, then I think that's a good time horizon because you may, you know, you're never going to catch the low. You're never going to catch a high, but I think a five year to cycle, you know, take into account cost to get in cost to get out and so forth. That that's a pretty reasonable, um, pretty reasonable time period. What do you guys think about that?
2: that that's a great, great uh, advice. And the real estate business became a day trade right in the early two thousands. And that is uh I don't know if you know very many day traders that make a killing, but, you know, especially if it's not your full-time business, we would always suggest if anyone's looking at owning a home for a two or three year period, you know, we're very transparent in communicating that, you know, anything can happen in that two to three years. And yeah, that five year arena probably is right where you're hedging yourself as far as expenses versus renting, you know, potentially adding value to a property um, is one of the the ways right now in the market that you can build in some equity and, and protect yourself.
1: You find the day trading thing. So the only thing you ever hear from day traders is always their good trades. You never hear the bad trades. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Bart, I have a couple friends who very passively have gotten into day trading during COVID because they have a little too much time on their hands. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've, I've heard some of the good stories and you, you don't really hear a lot of the, you know, yeah. the off days.
1: Yeah, just like exactly. golf, too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or fishing. Yeah, it's all the same. <laughs> all right. I was going to, I was going to, we have a few minutes left. I was going to pivot to, of all things, wine for a couple of minutes. That's a passion that Mark and I share. Are, anything else you guys want to cover on the real estate side before um, we pivot?
2: I, I just say, Bart, if, if you ever have any questions, anybody who's listening, um, you know, no strings attached. We're really easy going and always here to uh, provide our experience and what we're seeing um in any way we can ever be of service that's really the space that we come from and we uh we enjoy helping people and meeting new people and and uh i know mark's enjoyed his time with you as well so
1: appreciate it so dylan how so thanks for saying that dylan how can people reach you with with questions or otherwise
2: so uh our email address is mason compass.com our instagram is uh mason taylor associates and uh, my phone number is 949 294 7832. And Mark's is 949 335 8698.
1: Can you do that, Mark? Can you say? <laughs> <Hey. laughs> Keep the questions rolling, Mark. <laughs> By the way, Mason is M A S O N and Taylor is T A Y L O R. Paul always makes sure that I do that. All right, we got Thank a couple of minutes left. So I think how we met, uh, Mark, is in two of our passions, which is. Um, I'll say this with a very quiet voice is, which is clothing and wine. So, um, yes. our, where we, we, our we, lives intersected. We met at the Cure du Chien,
3: um, two years ago. And yeah. I went with a couple of friends that you're mutually with and made right. a connection.
1: And we all get our suits from the same place. That was yes. part of it. Yeah. Yes. So, um, you are a, a very young gentleman to be as into wine as you are. So how did that all happen for you?
3: I guess it started, you know, I've always I've always kind of enjoyed alcoholic beverages. I was bartender for years. I, I got a <laughs> little bit of knowledge. A uh, good start. Yeah, right. I got a little bit of knowledge into the wine, uh, but not really until I met my wife. We met just over 10 years ago, uh, and we'd taken a couple little trips to so like Temecula. Uh, Dylan is from St. Helena, uh, so we had gone up to visit his family and definitely was exposed Um, You know, he introduced us to a few friends. They took us behind the scenes, and we were exposed to kind of a world that I had not seen before. And it was very compelling. Um, Got to try some wine that I I would have never, I guess I would have never thought to purchase. Uh, At the time, we'd gone to Napa. Heather and I on a great night were at $10 a bottle. Um, That's all changed,
1: right? (laughs) That is,
3: yeah. Our our everyday drinker is, yeah, it's, it's more than that
1: it's really gotten so, pathetic but <laughs> and Dylan did you grow up on wine also from Napa?
2: I did and it was not uh not so much for the taste you know during high school <laughs> 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 we were drinking some we were drinking some expec- expensive grape juice and not not really appreciating it but you know going home and being able to take friends uh, over the last 10 15 years has been a great joy and a lot of my friends You know, go to Mark first regarding wine than me. And and I like to sit back and kind of just still participate. And yeah, it's beautiful country up there.
1: Um, So my wife is not your biggest fan, Mark, because after our last get together and I joined like six more wine allocations, (laughs) uh, Pinot Noir wine allocations, she's like, What are you doing? Like, well, my friend Mark, (laughs) I need to do that too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's growing
3: it's growing you sent me that growing. list it's uh the problem oh. is when you start getting all those allocations how do you say no which one do you choose so you end up just and they perfectly stagger it i feel like they all, yeah. they all meet behind the scenes they perfectly stagger it so you never get two or three in the same week and kind of out of sight out of mind and then you get that monthly credit card bill and it's
1: and not just 15 minutes ago, I got something. Um, and they get you with the free shipping, temperature control, buy six bottles. So, yeah, I got six more bottles of wine that I really actually didn't need but anyway. Um, okay, guys, I know we got we to gotta close up here. So one of the things I get to do is ask my final thought question, it's the honor of, of my show. And so either of you or both of you can answer this question, and that is, what is your ultimate lesson learned over your career as a real estate professional?
2: I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say mine first, uh, Mark and I are both 36 years old. I think the biggest lesson I've learned is nothing ever comes as fast as you want it and it's a long road and patience, and things happen exactly when they're supposed to and how they're supposed to, and you can control your attitude and your location at all times and stay focused on those things.
1: You want to add to that mark or are you you good with that yeah,
2: you know that god there's so many lessons the first one that pops
3: in my mind is just you know com- it sounds dumb but complete honesty transparency and if you don't know just say you don't know I, that's I actually that really a profound years ago and that was very
1: embarrassing all right we've already shared your um contact information paul anything else can think of
2: no i just want to give you my address for those six bottles that you really don't need you can just send them over <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> all right freight forward um, we, we might have to have mark when we do our year-end holiday i think so the, uh, i show, think so which is the best listened show or the most listened show downloaded in the, <laughs> the most fun year.
0: certainly <laughs> yeah for sure hi right,
1: guys hey thanks so much for taking the time um really appreciate it really appreciate your expertise um have a great day Thank everyone who has tuned in, and we look forward to being in virtual studio again next week. Cheers. Cool.
0: Thanks, Bart. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting bartzanbergen.podbean.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? email podcast at BartZandbergen.com. Bart A. Zanbergen CFP, and Letitia Burbaum, AIF, are registered investment advisors with Optivist Inc., and registered representatives with Gramercy Securities, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered by OptiVest, Inc. under SEC registration.